Welcome to another Agile Games podcast. I'm back here with Laura, as always. Hey, y'all. And we've got a special guest again this week. Uh, we have Amelia Breton Lake. Yep. So welcome, Amelia. Why don't you start us off with telling us a little bit about how you got into Agile? Sure. About ugh, eight years ago now, my partner and I at the nonprofit I was working for had to take a project management class. So we decided to take this scrum class and knew that it would absolutely never work in our environment, but we decided to take it anyways. Maybe we'd take home a few tips. And we were hooked. It was really a life-changing moment for me when I was waterfall PMI project manager. I was always fighting within myself when we'd have to put these change protocols in and get all of these sign-offs and put up all these barriers to change. All the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And when I found Scrum, which was my first framework for Agile, I really felt like I had found my niche and it was really a better way to work. And since then, I've just been continuing my journey. Sounds great. And then when did you get exposed to the games part of it? Initially, from my very, very first Scrum Master class, it opened with the ball game, which I'm uh. sure we're all very familiar <laughs> with, and went on from there. But I've always been a gamer. From the time I was a little kid, uh, I've played games of all different types. So for me, it was just really natural to bring into my Agile practice. So what is it about it that appeals to you? To me, it takes you into a safe mindset. Every day when you're working, there's so many things on the line that you always second guess yourself. You always judge, oh, I can't do that because of X, Y, Z repercussion. When you sit in the context of a game, anything is possible. And that part of your brain that says, no, don't do that, tends to kind of quiet down a little bit and you're willing to try things you wouldn't ordinarily be willing to try. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me think of the uh, whole Project Aristotle study that Google did that showed that psychological safety is really important for teams and for teams to be able to really come together. So what you're describing, Amelia, is... Uh, a safe place for people to try things. Exactly. And then once you've established that safety, it, can, it bleeds out into all of your other relationships with those same people. Yeah. And sometimes even others. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So you lower the stakes, play a game, and then you build those relationships within the game. Exactly. So you came to us through the Agile Games West conference that we had back in October up in San Francisco. What was mm -hmm. the submission that you gave there? What was the talk you gave there? Yeah, it was, I introduced a game that I use with the teams who I coach to work through change because it's such a scary topic for so many people. And in Agile, it's one of the core values and one mm -hmm. of the things that you really have to accept, not only for the initial transformation phase, but also in your everyday work. So I use a game called Flux to create that safe space for people to get used to and more comfortable in their skin around change. Now, Flux is a, a non-agile, just off-the-shelf uh, card game, right? Am, am I remembering it is. that? So is, is that one that you had played when you were younger uh, before Agile, or did you find kind of an Agile twist to it? I don't actually remember when I started playing. It certainly wasn't when I was younger. Um, but it is a game that I've played outside of the Agile context with friends, colleagues. And it struck me the first time I was playing it how it was really about change and how 
it applied nice and neatly into my Agile Coach Scrum Master toolbox. So why don't you break down a little bit? So what what do the players do? What do the the te- do you break into teams? Do you have like scrum teams, or uh, how do you form the players around the flux game? Well, it can be played individually usually, and everybody's working towards a goal. You're dealt very simple cards, and it starts out with one rule, which is draw one, play one. However, there are cards that change the rules just like within our own scrum teams and other agile teams, the rules change on us. Um, There are cards that change the goal, uh, like our product owners love to do. There are cards that come in called creepers that sort of are your impediments, very much like in scrum. (laughs) And then there's your keepers, which sort of equate to the things you have to have in order to reach your goal. So they're very much like, you know, completed story work. Nice. Minimal viable product. Exactly. Oh, but what that minimum viable product is can change based on who who played a different card for your goal. Every time I run it, it's really interesting to see how different teams who are playing it react differently to each other. Uh, you get some who will sort of bond together and try and help each other out to reach the goal and end the game. And you have others that are just out to win themselves. It's very interesting to see the personalities that come out in the play context. So there's an opportunity for self-organization as well in this game, and it, it lets the team kind of figure out how they're going to work together. Exactly. Or not. Or not, yes. <laughs> so did you do any modifications to the game, or is it more about talking about the outcomes at the end? It's really about the opening with talking about how everybody feels about change and then talking about the outcomes and retrospecting at the end. Sometimes I've mixed it up a little bit um, if I've got multiple teams playing this game in their own individual sort of game. Sometimes I have used it to show how you can lose context when you shift around who's in a team. And, you know, you take somebody who's playing this game and move them into the other game and swap players. So you're basically reorganizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it- Some of the best games, I think, are ones that are uh, very, very simple and quite adaptable. And it sounds like this is an out-of-the-box game that you could kind of mold to your own evil, agile goals, depending on the group and what kind of environment you wanted to set up for them. Exactly. It also comes in so many different variations that there's something that will fit your own team's play style and geekdom, so to speak. It sounds like it fits right in with what Llewellyn uh, said on a previous podcast where he was talking about find something that's fun and then build the learning around that, but find Mm. the fun first. Exactly. Oh, nice. So imagine, Amelia, you're going into a new organization. You've got some new teams that you're coaching. Where would you fit this into getting to know those teams and helping them maybe get launched into Agile? Yeah, assuming that it's a sort of transformation situation. Probably very early on in the process, because you're about ready to embark on sort of this hero's journey. And it's a really good, it's an icebreaker. It starts forming those team bonds. It starts getting everybody comfortable when your job's not on the line, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we So often when you start looking at transformations and are we going to accept Agile, aren't we? People are really actually scared for their livelihood, for their jobs, for just where do I fit? And this sort of takes it out of that context and puts it in a safe little bubble 
so we can explore how different people within the teams, how they each view change and how it's different. Some people change is messy, but kind of cute and cuddly. Other people, it's really scary. Mm. And it can sort of help suss that out. So coaching wise, you know, a little bit more what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really good. It's almost like a personality test for a team. And it makes sense to me that you spoke at the beginning about how much you love the ball game, because I think that's also one of those. Yeah. So do you have any other games in your toolkit that you like to use when you're working with a new team? I use a lot of improv games, which comes from my theater backgrounds. Ah. Yes And is fabulous. And I'll use it just as an icebreaker before getting into planning or getting into particularly tough retrospective, just because it gets everybody into that mindset of, playing well with others (laughs) i love that of course we're big fans on this podcast uh of improv games and i i'm only a level uh three improver so i I still got a long ways to go but i'm uh, i'm working on it i love that stuff yeah uh that's one of my favorites Uh, obviously you know you have the tried and true agile things like the ball game there's a bunch of retrospective games i like to use things like sailboat which everybody knows There's another one that I use sort of at a little bit higher level called Agile Island, Mm. which is imagine your fantasy place of agile and everything is working fabulous and wonderfully. And what does that look like? I have my team members sort of write on their post-its or index cards, all of the things that make up the perfect Agile Island of Agile goodness, I guess is the best way to put it, and all their sort of dreams and aspirations. And then in the water next to it, what are all of the things that are the sharks, the things that are keeping us from getting to this sort of perfect utopian agile? And then we'll do sort of a very simple analysis of what are in our sphere of control? What do we just have some influence on? And what are really outside of our ability as a team to affect? And then use those as conversations at the different levels within the organization. That's that's great stuff. So if someone wanted to get more information on that or, or on the change game using Flux, is there a website where you have blogs published or, or where, where can people maybe find out more about how you're using these games? Yeah, I'm actually getting ready to launch a site just about a week called <laughs> AgileToyBox.com. Ah, Great name. And it's going to be a site that contains, it's going to start out with a bunch of the games that I have that are in my toolbox and then have the ability for other Agilists to submit their game. My sort of long-term view of this site is that it will be somewhere where you can go and find really targeted Agile games along with commentary from the folks that have played them. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds great. And actually, this we're recording this a little bit before it go, is going to go live uh, from our record date. It's probably about uh, two weeks out or so before we go live. So by the time anyone hears this, the site should be up and, and running. Yep. Well, that's awesome. And, Amelia, if someone wanted to check out Flux, is this something that's just, you know, God bless Amazon, you can get it there? Yep, you can get it on Amazon. Any of your local small business game stores always have it. That's what I was going to say. Support your local small business game store. Do it, do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. And is there more than one version or is there a version and you can adapt it to do different things? I know you talked about you can do so many things with it. 
There are a ton of versions. There's plain generic flux. There's a Martian flux. Um, some of the there's pirate flux. Uh, some of the ones that have been popular with my teams, um, Monty Python flux. Ooh. Um, oh. I just had the opportunity at an agile coaching conference I was just at to play zombie flux uh, yeah. with some agile coaches. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So I could imagine, you know how you were, you were describing teams, uh, different groups playing flux, and then you kind of simulate a reorganization and you move people. I would guess it would be a little disorienting to be playing pirate flux and get moved to zombie flux. That would be really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> can you actually that you can mix the versions as you're playing? Yes. Ah, oh, I missed that earlier. I like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think uh in the Bay Area we need to have Flux Night. <laughs> we'll get some folks together to play, Amelia. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are you going to be at the Global Scrum Gathering down here in San Diego in uh I April? Will be. Ah. If nothing else sooner, we'll at least get a chance to play there. Yeah. I also do make it down to San Diego fairly often, Paul. So. Oh, excellent. Well, you'll have to keep me informed. What? So you've got the Agile toy box. What other ways, if people were wanting to get together with you in San Diego or up in the Bay Area or anything else, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, Twitter. My Twitter is Emmy Breton, E-M-I-B-R-E-T-O-N. I also am Agile Toy Box on Twitter. Ah, awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your games. And we're really looking forward to the Agile Toy Box. Uh, you've got a couple of contributors right here with Laura and Paul. We'll, we'll be happy to contribute <laughs> some stuff to the site. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Emily. I can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you, guys. It was great talking with you this evening. Talk to you later. Bye.